So periodically this gospel of uh, the vine and the branches comes up and the theme of pruning, which is a theme that we all love so much. We all love being told by the Lord that there are parts of us that must be cut away. And he phrases it, cut away. Uh, it's, it's, it's fairly blunt. Like there's no two ways about it. Like pruning is not exactly pleasant. Um, I think it was Don Delindo Rotolo, the guy, the priest who, to whom the Lord appealed the novena of surrender, the Jesus I surrender himself to you, take care of everything. Uh, he said that in his seminary, if I remember correctly, I think, I think it was him, uh, who said that in his seminary experience, in his formation to, to become a priest, he noticed that in the, the years of seminary, you're, you're giving things away to the Lord. You know, you're, you're giving up any vices and any uh, habits that you had or any hobbies that weren't good or whatever it was. You're, you're allowing the Lord to cut all these things away. You know? So in the seminary, you're full of zeal. You go in, you want to get all these things removed, anything that might be an obstacle to your priesthood or to, to, to virtue. You want to get all that done. It's great. Then you get ordained. Then you start slowly, slowly, slowly clawing everything back. You know, all the little things. Well, it's not so bad, is it? It's not the worst thing, is it? And little by little, you kind of kind of claw things back. And I think it's, it might be even similar in marriage as well. When we're going out with someone uh, in, in those like uh, years of courtship and all of that, uh, where uh, no sacrifice is too great. You'll do anything to be with your beloved and you'll pay for meals and holidays and rings and bangles and spangles and high heels for yourself and whatever it is. Um, you know, you'll, you'll do whatever is necessary to win the person's heart. It's great. Then you get married, right? And you can see that she's gasping for a cup of tea. But the kettle is the whole way across the room. Nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just to kind of get up and make her a cup of tea. You know, this same person that you were willing to drive three hours across the country after a hard day's work just to spend 15 minutes with her and turn around and drive home. That same, that's the same girl. Just a little older and a few more wrinkles, but that's her. Right? Get up and make her a cup of tea. But it's just, it's just very interesting how, how <coughs> there can be a, a, a period of exuberance and joy and I'll do anything and I'll do everything necessary and how that can actually fade and that's why see there's this one expression that really caught me my eye uh, in in this gospel today because uh, it's something I haven't actually mentioned before or I haven't actually thought of before uh, but the Lord says every branch in me that bears no fruit he cuts away okay so the purpose of uh, what do they call the vine? The purpose of a vine is, is, is to, 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 to bear grapes, to bring grapes, to, the fr to, to, to have fruit. If it doesn't have fruit, it has no purpose. It just it doesn't do anything. It's, you can't eat the branches. It's just like it's, it's, its purpose is to have fruit. If it doesn't achieve that, it hasn't achieved its purpose. Okay. So each branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, and each branch that does bear fruit, sorry, he prunes to make it bear even more. You are pruned already. You are pruned already by means of the word I have spoken to you. And it just got me thinking about the fact that pruning isn't a once-off event. For any of you who are into gardening or any of you who have roses, especially, that's, all, that's the limit of my flower knowledge. We had roses at home. I know they're pruned every year. That's about it. 
and, they're, and actually, they're, and not only they're pruned, they're pruned way back to when to a, a little ball of misery. Like they're pruned back to a spiky, unforgiving, malignant-looking. See, I'm, see, when I was a child. We used to play in, in the lawn. We had quite a lot of roses, so whenever you kick a ball in and the ball went between the roses, you knew all about the malignant, spiny, thorny, dangerous, shin-severing plants known as roses. And you get in the ball, yeah, and to tear you to shreds. And they look lovely, yeah, they look lovely. They, oh, they, don't they smell wonderful? Yes, that same plant ripped my legs to shreds just a couple of months ago. But pruning, um, yeah, okay, pruning doesn't just happen once. Pruning happens every year. I think this, this is, this is the, 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 the part that we can maybe, maybe not, again, not want to, 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 to recognize or not want to, to follow the Lord's lead in. Because, as I say, in, in that going out period or in that seminary period when we're willing to be pruned, we're willing to, to give up and change and all that kind of thing, that's absolutely fantastic, absolutely necessary. But then when you get married... That, that, that pruning of the heart, it can't stop then. It absolutely can't. Because if it does, you're going to have a miserable marriage. If the pruning stops at the point when I'm ordained, I'm not going to be a good priest. If the, the, the pruning stops uh, after we get married, I'm not going to be a good father. The, the pruning must continue because it's just by our nature, and especially in, our, in today's world where, where convenience and comfort are so easy to find. Entertainment has never been easier to find. It's like in your pocket at any moment in time, you have access to practically every and any film or series at any time of the day. You don't even have to wait until 8 o'clock in the evening to watch Dallas. You can just watch the whole box set the whole night if you want. You could. Like, <clears throat> it's all there. Everything is available to us. It's never been easier to, to, to entertain ourselves for hours on end. So it's easy. It's easy. It's comfortable. And it's so easy then to kind of claw back some of those things that, that had been pruned off us but are now starting to grow back and now need to be pruned again. And like I was saying yesterday, that, 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 that story of, of that lady on a parish pastoral council of, of quite, a, quite an age now. She was in, she's in her mid to upper 80s. And again, her, her, her becoming an obstacle to Eucharistic adoration in her parish. My goodness, like, to actually stop other people from adoring because, because I don't want it, because, because I'm afraid. I, I get you have your fears, absolutely legitimate, fine. Don't stop other people from going to Eucharistic adoration because you're afraid. Let them go, that's why, let them sign up. Don't say adoration has to stop in the evenings because it's dark. If people want to go, let them go. Let them go. It's just, I mean, people are well able to get up and, you know, similar things like when, when it came to lockdowns and all these, these various things. People are well able to get up and go to the post office for their pension. They're, they were well able to get up and go out for a Chinese. Okay, let them go to Mass. Let them go to Adoration. Let them go to, to these good things. It's their choice. Okay, I'm not, this isn't a comment now on the bishops shutting down the churches. That's another issue. I'm not going into that. But once the, 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 the lockdown was lifted, let people pray. Let people go to Mass. Let, I mean, if they can go to a license for a stupid six-pack of beer, let them receive the bread of life and the blood which washes us clean and gives us life. Like, let us never become an obstacle. Let my pride or my own 
fears never be an obstacle to somebody else praying. So this, this, this pruning issue or theme, it's, it's not once off. And I, I'd love to say it is, but it just isn't. And I think it's, it's, uh, that's also the reason we keep going back to confession, generally speaking, with the same sins. Because there, there, there are weaknesses. There are those areas where we're just going to tend to gravitate back towards again. And it's good to be aware of that. And it's good to be aware of and accept the fact that Jesus is going to have to prune us over and over and over again. That's a good thing. Because if he doesn't, we turn into spiny, malignant, out of shape, gross-looking yokes of things that are supposed to be bearing either grapes or maybe flowers like roses. Either way, if you don't prune either of them, both are useless and manky. You don't. I, there, was, there, were, there were vineyards in front of us in the seminary uh, in, in Rome, uh, and it, it's, a, it's a job you have to do by hand because you have to see where the branches come out, nodes or whatever they're called. Yeah, above a node, below a node. You cut the. You, know, you, have, to, you have to. You have to see what you're doing. You can't. You can't just cut them with a the machine. You have to walk along by hand with your little secretaries. Clip, 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 clip. I mean, and we're talking rows, kilometers of these vines, and there they are, out by hand. Clip, 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 clip. clip. Have to do it. But if you don't do it, there'll be no fruit. With roses, if you don't prune them every year, you'll have one rose out here, another rose over there, and the whole thing will fall and hit the ground and get trampled on anyway. Useless. Have to prune them. You have to. Jesus has to prune us. He has to prune us, or we will not bear fruit. And if we do not bear fruit, what are we here for? Because our job, you see, our issue, our vocation, isn't just get ourselves into heaven. We have a responsibility towards others. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all that I have taught you. We're being sent out. Your vocation isn't just about you. I have a responsibility. It's fairly obvious. I'm a priest. For, 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 is it any less so for for, for fathers, mothers, teachers, even politicians now, to defend truth, right, justice? Is it any less important that they get their vocation right? All of us are called to bear fruit, all of us. Our vocation is much, it's not just about me, it's not just about us as individuals. You have a responsibility towards other people. If you get this wrong, other people will have the consequences of it. So my pruning, uncomfortable as it may be for me, it's not just about me. If I allow the Lord to prune me back to where I should be, that I may bear fruit, that fruit is also born in other people's lives. There was a Roman historian, uh, Titus Livius, uh, generally goes by Livy in English. No, he, well, he didn't choose that, but uh, anyway, he's, he's called Livy in English. Uh, uh, he died in the year 17, but he spoke about the Roman Empire and the moral decline that he was beginning to witness even then in in, uh, at the time of Christ and, and he said something very very interesting he said we can bear neither our vices nor their cure we can bear we can carry neither our vices nor their cure I said that's really interesting because that's, that, that really describes for me kind of where we are today in the world as well where people are, are, are kind of addicted to certain things they're stuck doing them you know Back in the day, addiction was kind of limited maybe to alcoholism. Then maybe drug abuse kind of came in maybe in the 80s, 90s, 
Whereas now you can be addicted absolutely to your phone and to internet gaming and to pornography and to <coughs> excuse me, social media and to the applause of others or the likes of others. It's so easy now to get addicted to a myriad of things. Okay, so what's the solution? I don't want a solution. I know I'm addicted to the stupid thing, but I don't, I don't want to be cured from it. Like, Because the cure would mean either give up my phone, <laughs> never going to happen, or give up my, how I use my free time, or give up the likes or applause of other people, or give up a certain pleasure, or give up dressing a certain way, or give up a certain pub, or give up drink, or give up going out with certain people, and all these things, I will not change. I don't want to change. So I can't bear my vices, and I can't bear the remedy either. So what do you discover in real life if you can't bear the weight of your vice and you can't bear the remedy? You're miserable. Because nothing actually satisfies. You, you fulfill your vice, you're empty. But you don't want to change it either. So you fulfill your vice again to try and resolve the problem, which just makes you feel more empty or addicted or guilty or whatever it is. But then the solution is there. Stop drinking, stop going out, leave your phone at home, whatever it is. No, it won't do that. So then you fill the vice again to try and find happiness. And it's just this circle of misery. Very, very interesting that, that humanity has changed so little since the time of Jesus. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he cuts away. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes to make it bear even more. You are pruned already. So we ask the Lord today that if there is further pruning needed, we give him permission. Let us not be stuck hating our vice and avoiding the remedy. Let us allow the Lord to do his work. After all, it is our Father who is the vine dresser, our loving, understanding, compassionate Father. He will not hurt us. Whatever he takes away, whatever he gives and whatever he leaves. Let us pray with Job. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. The following is a special appeal by Father Patrick Cahill. Dear brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us uh, for these homilies on YouTube or whatever podcast media you're listening to us on. Uh, it's a great privilege to be able to serve you all in this way. Uh, if I could ask you please to pray for us here in Holy Family Mission. We're heading into our eighth year of uh, faith formation for the young people who are attending here. And it's a great gift and privilege to be able to work here. But we would ask if you would pray for us and pray for all of our intentions here as well that we can continue this work. And if you feel that Lord is in any way calling you or asking you to support us financially, we would greatly appreciate that too. So if you go to, onto our website, holyfamilymission.ie, there's a donate button there, and we'd greatly appreciate uh, your donations so that we can keep this work going. Uh, it does, unfortunately, cost uh, a bit to run this place, so uh, our, we greatly rely on our benefactors. And, of course, we play, pray for all of our benefactors' needs, especially on Wednesday, the day traditionally dedicated to St. Joseph, the Father of 
of all Providence. So thank you so much uh, in advance for your prayerful support and also for those who are able to uh, uh, assist us financially. We are immensely grateful. God bless you.